Is it 91? Is it 91? What am I doing here? I'm all by myself. Well, we're giving Bruce a little break, and we're going to try something different. Chris and I are here in the Devin Lou 2 studio, where I uh, do all the overdubbing and guitar tracks and other things. And uh, I thought it would be fun to try something a little different today. What we're going to do is... Uh, drag out my guitar collection, or at least some of it. Um, I'm not really a collector per se, but I've played for such a long time and sort of accumulated instruments as I've gone. I don't really go out and buy, sell, trade. You know, there's a lot of guys that really like 
to uh, get into that, and they have hundreds of instruments that they've sold or that they possess. For me, I tend to stick to, you know, ones that I can make a voice out of. So um, I'm going to showcase a few of the more oddball guitars that I've used over the years, and as well as starting off with this uh, 1989 uh, Blue Stratocaster. Um, this is a guitar most of you are familiar with. Um, when I was in high school in 1972, my senior year, uh, some guy called me up and he says, I know this guy in a gospel quartet that's selling a Stratocaster for $30. And I go, what? What year is it? And he said, well, it's a 1962. This was in 1972. I, I said, $30? So I went and hit up my dad for $30. I said, Dad, you got to let me do this. I said, this thing's worth hundreds of dollars, and this guy's just giving it away. He doesn't know the value. Well, then sure enough, this friend that called me calls me back and says, yeah, well, uh, he kind of figured out it was worth more. He kind of figured it out. And I go, you know, my heart sunk. And I said, all right, what does he want for it now? And he goes, $45. <laughs> So I said, I said, you drive a hard bargain, but I said, I think I can handle 15 more dollars. So I went back to my dad and I said, now he wants 45. My dad said, you're, you're working me. You're chiseling me. And I'm going, dad, you don't understand. This is a Stratocaster. This is like everyone's playing one right now. Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix. It is the bomb. I got to get it. So I got it and I played that all the way through the early years of 77s from when we started in 79. Uh, gosh, all through the 80s. And then it kind of went into semi-retirement. Um, I would put it under the bed and then use it sometimes. But I, I didn't want to take it on the road anymore because the value was gaining. And I needed a guitar that would sound like a Fender and a Gibson when I needed it to because I didn't want to carry too many instruments on the road. And this particular model has these uh, vintage lace sensor pickups. And I had it modified uh, in a couple of different ways. Um, one is now I can get, usually you can get this pickup, these two, the middle, these two, or this. I had it modified so that I can now get the neck and the bridge, which gives you kind of a, kind of a Buddy Holly sort of thing. Um, it's like a thing, you know. Oh wait, I gotta get a little cleaner than that, don't I? Yeah, so anyway, um, I did that, and then I put in, uh, at the time, we had a, an endorsement with Fender, and Eric Clapton had uh, a blackie reissue with all of the original guts from the 50s, and then he had this modification that gives you a 30 dB boost, which means that, you know, you can make it way louder to play some real blues, so if I'm, if I'm going like that, I can, I can go like that and make it, you know, louder. It's really cool. So anyway, it's been customized in a lot of ways. I've got a floating, you know, neck, ball bearings, which is probably out of date now. But uh, I use this guitar almost exclusively for electric on the road and uh, in the studio. I use it a lot. Uh, as far as the 62 Strat, um, I kept it until several years ago when uh, Phil Madera. Uh, saw me admiring a 1952 Gibson acoustic that he had, and he was looking to have a, uh, a vintage Stratocaster. So he says, hey, Mike, what would you think about maybe trading straight across? And 
And I go, no, there's no way. I said, I've got my blood all over this guitar. I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna will it to one, you know, to my kid, even though she's a girl. I said, I, I can't sell it. And he kind of waited until I was a little hard up, you know, on my luck. And he calls back and says, what if I sweeten the pot and throw in four thousand dollars cash, you know, and, along with the Gibson? And I go, I don't know. So I ended up doing it, and. Uh, since then, it's changed hands, and now it's in the hands of oh, sixpence none the richer. Matt Slocum has that guitar now. And uh, I found out from him that if I ever want it back, uh, he'll sell it back to me for $15,000. So my initial uh, investment of $45 was a good one. Um, anyway... We should probably move forward to some of the more obscure instruments because I could go on all day about this one and I really don't want to do that when there's so many other guitars that are more interesting. All right, so what we have here is a Japanese instrument dating probably from the mid to late 60s called a granada. And it's a knockoff of a Gibson Dove or Hummingbird or something like that. It's really a piece of crap. But when I was in high school, um, at that time, uh, a friend of mine named Tim Beharin, who is now a famous sort of tech analyst and uh, legendary in the tech world, he was in our church youth group. And this was a guy that I knew was going to go far in the world because he knew a little bit about everything and could wax eloquent on just about anything. And uh, for some reason, he saw fit to go into his guitar collection. He had a whole bunch of guitars because he used to always lead the worship in the youth group. He was really good at it. And he gave me this guitar, and I was so grateful because it was the only acoustic I had for years and years and years. And I kept it. It was even though it was made in Japan, which back then meant junk. Now th that's not the case. If it's made in Japan, it's usually really great, often or better than American instruments. But uh, I wrote so many '77 songs on this guitar that you might be familiar with. I'm sure I wrote "The Lust" on it. Probably every song that we had in the '80s that I wrote, "Bottom Line," you name it, all of them were written on this instrument. So even though it's an inferior sort of just junk guitar. It was something that you could throw in the car, take to the beach, take it anywhere. And that lent itself to an awful lot of just playing and writing and, and cool stuff. Uh, since those days, I've kind of turned it into a Nashville tuning guitar that I've used on a number of albums. Uh, you can see that I have the lovely, I've duct taped, the whole thing has fallen apart so much that I've just kind of duct taped the back because otherwise all those pieces would fall off. And there's dust collecting here. You know, I could kind of write my name in it. Oh, the back. Yeah, it's all, it's really messed up. Anyway, I should be treating this guitar with more respect because of the historical value of it. But um, Nashville tuning basically is taking a 12-string uh, set, which is 12 strings. You take all the bass strings out of the set, and what you're left with is the high trebles except for the bottom two strings, which are standard. So you can do things like this. This was used on the Rolling Stones' uh, Childhood Living. 
the things you wanted I bought them for you Let's just go right to the chorus Wild horses Couldn't drag me away Horses will ride them someday. It's just such a lovely sound. It's almost like a uh, like an auto harp. Some of you might remember auto harps in music class. If you were kids, the teacher would bring those in and strum them. They'd press the button and. And June Carter. Pardon. June Carter. Oh, June Carter used to play that in the Carter family, right. So I think the first time I ever used this was on uh, the first 77's album on Denomination Blues, you know. Supple be preaching, you know, do very well. They take all your money and you can go to hell and that's all. Tell you that's all. You can have Jesus now That's all You can go to your college And you can go to your school If you ain't got Jesus You're just an educated fool That's all Tell you that's all You better have Jesus now that's all. I think uh, Lindsey Buckingham used Nashville tuning a lot on a lot of Fleetwood Mac records. And uh, a lot of people use it. It's sort of one of those studio tricks that you bring out when a track needs a lift, something light and sort of glistening. But you can't get it out of playing a normal tuning. Um, you can try capoing way up, but that isn't always exactly the same. So this gives you a lot of voicings that you don't normally get. Sentimental little wind Blowing through my life again Sentimental little wind So thank you, Tim Beharin, for giving me this instrument. Um, got a lot, a lot of great songs out of it, and I continue to use it to this day. Two, three, four. What holds on to your heart keeps us so Far apart what holds on to your heart. What is so good and true keeps me so far away from you.
So this is the Gibson CF100. It's a 1952 model. It was the first cutaway uh, Gibson acoustic, meaning that they just cut this big piece out and made that sort of thing. Uh, it's very cool. This is the guitar I got from uh, Phil Madera in exchange for my uh, vintage 62 Strat. And I've been grateful for it ever since. I've used it on many, many recordings. Uh, you can hear it very clearly on the Kerosene Halo album, particularly Bendy Line, where I played uh, a lead on that. I think I used this guitar for uh, at least 50% or more of uh, that album. And it has a very rich, beautiful sound. I use it for slide a lot. It's good for things like this, old-time blues stuff. Everybody, everybody, everybody ought to pray sometime. Ought to fall down on their knees, crying, Lord, have mercy on me. Every gambler, every gambler, Every gambler ought to play sometime Ought to fall down on his knees Crying, Lord, have mercy on me Slider, you backslider, you backslider ought to pray sometime, ought to fall down on your knee, crying, Lord, have mercy on me. Everybody, everybody, everybody ought to pray sometime, ought to fall down on your knee. Crying, Lord, have mercy on me. Anyway, it's really a cool guitar. I'm grateful for it. Um, it's probably the nicest acoustic I'm going to own, even though it's kind of old and a little bit worn. Um, Phil didn't want to let it go because that's his birth year, 1952, but he was willing to do it for me. So I'm, I've been grateful ever since. And I could see a time and We will dare to lie At all these ghosts that haunt us Hey, I day We say we did it for love
is the famous Gibson 335. This is a classic, beautiful instrument. Uh, Chuck Berry played one of these. Um, one of my favorite guys that played it that had a huge inspiration on my sound was Justin Hayward from the uh, Moody Blues. And uh, I just got a lot out of his playing and out of his sound. So uh, always wanted one of these, and I eventually got one. There's a girl I used to back up, uh, this girl singer named G Darla Greiser, a dear friend of mine. And uh, she played acoustic mostly, but she went and bought this guitar. And I said, why do you have this? What are you going to do with it? And she goes, oh, I just wanted to have it, you know, to play it. And she played it a few times and then stuck it under her bed and didn't play it anymore. And uh, I would often ask her about it, and she'd say, oh, yeah, I still have it. I'm not really playing it, you know. She's from Texas. So uh, I... I did a terrible thing. Um, I waited until she was down on her luck. And then um, I called her up one day, and I said, you still got that Gibson, that pretty Gibson? She says, yeah, I ain't playing it. And I go, I'll give you $300 cash for it right now. And she took it. Now, it was worth way more than that. But uh, I did the deal and uh, ended up using it on so many uh, 77s recordings like... Uh, that I played uh, let's see well, I won't be where it said don't be careful I just said I won't be right where it said I got the rocks in heaven hole right in my head See, let's see. That same album is in. Wild Blue. That whole lead, all that stuff was done on this guitar. Uh, gosh, I can't remember what else I played. I think on the, uh, you know, I could laugh. I could got this uh he's a very hot pickup so you have to kind of uh turn him down Cooper, not the actor. So 
I had him modify it so that uh, it does a cut. I think it goes to single coil, and that kind of thins it out. Um, I use this a lot on the new Him Show album. Um, I've used it on probably every 77's record that I can think of. I know that I played it on uh, uh, When Real Men Cry by uh, Lost Dogs. Um, I can't remember every record I played it on, but this is probably my, it's the guitar that's dearest to my heart. Mm -hmm. Neil Young and Stephen Stills and those guys, and they always played these big Gretsch guitars like White Falcons, and I knew I would probably never be able to afford a White Falcon. But a blonde 335, as pretty as this, was the next best thing, and I, I have to admit that I'm probably happier with this guitar because it's not so bulky like those big, huge Gretsches. But I'll get me a big Gretsch one day. Deep shell. <laughs> I played Derry's Big Blue one instead. And that, that helps. So, uh, yeah, I just love this guitar. itself to a, a, a style of playing that's so more emotional, you know, and, and tender. Anyway. Hemingway. Hemingway. I digress. I digress. Two, three.
my glow Wind me up that I'd never Paul, um, you guys have probably seen me play this on tour from time to time. Uh, this is the guitar I played on Perfect Blues. Uh, gosh, oh my gosh, just like Woody, you know. like a thing, you know, watching the sunrise in an old raincoat. Mark and I did that on that uh, daydream. So it has a lot of, it's similar to the 335 because it's a Gibson with two pickups, two humbucker pickups, but uh, it's a little bit more, you know,
It's a very versatile instrument. I don't play it enough. I should play it more. And I have the feeling that as we uh, work on new 77's material, this guitar is going to come out a whole lot more because it has always served me well. But I'm never going to take it on the road again. The last time I did it was a disaster because it won't stay in tune. But uh, it really is great. Um, this is another one of those waited until someone was down in their luck cases. I, I think it's a 1980 or 81 uh, Les Paul Studio model. Um, oh, my gosh. That's it. <laughs> Now, it says Jimmy Reed model, but that uh, this was given to me by a roadie friend, uh, Howie Kittleson, who uh, was out on our uh, 1995 one, two, three tour. I don't know where he found this, some pawn shop or something, but I've seen photographs with Jimmy Reed playing an instrument like this. Almost looked like this was cut off of a, you know, the back of a someone's cookie sheet or frying pan or something. It's really great. This probably comes from about 1962, 63, something like that. I'm not sure. One pickup, and uh, it's kind of got a funky sort of bridge thing on it. But, man, the tone of this guitar, and these were probably very cheap uh, when they were new, but 
I don't have any guitar that sounds anything remotely like this. It's really lively. I could probably talk through it. Hey, hey. So it's perfect for slide. As you can see, I have it set up almost as tall as my thumb there so that I can get this thing without it rattling all over the place. And it's perfect for that. It's got the great sound. So, uh, yeah, I really love this guitar a lot. So anyway, I played it on uh, You're Gonna Be Sorry, obviously. Um, some other things over the years I can't really remember, but that's the most notorious one. I think we even took this out on the road and I played it, both solo and with 77. So it's been a, a trusty friend, and I hope to use it again on a record sometime soon. All right. <clears throat> Happy birthday, David Bowie. Happy birthday, Elvis Presley. It's one for the money, two for the show. A three to get ready now. Go, cat, go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. Well, you can do anything to lay off of my blue suede shoes. You can knock me down, stamp on my face, render my name all over the place. Do anything that you want to do. Uh-uh, uh-huh, lay off of them shoes and don't you. It's for Terry, right? Terry? Yeah. Wearing my glasses, baby. Just for you. All right. Well, this is a Gibson Lucy. No, it's not Gibson. It's Guild. Guild. That's right. This was uh, given to me by uh, an old girlfriend that worked in a pawn shop. And uh, we made each other so miserable for so many years that she decided to give me this as a Guild offering, <laughs> not a guilt offering, but uh, I've seen photographs of B.B. King playing a guitar very similar to this, if, if, if not the same instrument, uh, back when he would play on the radio in the early 50s in grocery stores and places like that. You would see him, and then there'd be a sign behind him, artichokes, you know, 10 cents or something like that, and, uh, you know... <laughs> with this guitar 
not very often. Um, I think I recorded a song, very old, old song, on an album called Gothic. It's doesn't weigh anything but i need to start playing it more because it it's a really sweet little treasure so bb king wherever you are lucy Stratocaster 12 string and uh, what was somebody was telling me about a 12 string has to be able to play the birds you know let's say Right? 
Is it more than a feeling? Uh. See, on Holy Ghost Building, we did this song, so we're going to uh, probably close with this. But anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, I know it's a little bit of an unusual thing to do on the show, but I get a lot of uh, questions over the years from people wanting to know what guitars I play, what pedals I use. We didn't really get into the pedals too much today. Maybe that's for another time. But uh, this is part of the uh, sort of uh, gradual collection that I've come up with over the years. We didn't get to them all, but uh, if we ever get in this situation again, I'll be sure to uh, hit you up with some more of this if you like it. So, Brother afar from your Savior today
Thanks, everybody. Till next week, Chris Harrelson, Bruce Spencer, Doc Love. So long.